And I don't know why she's telling this guy with pencils in his brain that, because he's not going to remember and he's also dead. to Witch Fix. Today I'm cutting into a big old pile of DVDs that I really need to watch and get out of the way with Grim Tales uh, from eBay. Now I was cautiously excited about this movie. It's from 2015. It stars Laura Flynn Boyle as the witch in the story. Editing Sarah butting in really quickly to say that I recently listened to the Flophouse episode on Men in Black International and they mentioned Laura Flynn Boyle as being the woman from Men in Black 2 who played Zelina, the sexy biker chick, I did not recognise her at all and it's been so long since I've seen that movie and I had to look it up on IMDb and goddamn I feel old because that came out so long ago. But also an alternate title for this movie was apparently Hansel and Gretel Get Baked, which I think is more indicative of the overall content. Editing Sarah, out. As well as Michael Welch from Twilight, and also from Joan of Arcadia, if you're one of the 13 people that watched that years ago when it was on television. God, I feel old. And also Molly Quinn, who who is from uh, the back of the box says We're the Millers, but I've seen her in quite an array of, of different things. Most notably Castle, because she played Castle's daughter in, in that show. So you've, you've probably seen her about. Uh, Lara Flynn Boyle was also in Twin Peaks, which is what the back of the box says again, but I've never seen Twin Peaks. But um. You know, we've got progress here. We've got actors who acted in, in stuff, well-known stuff. So hopefully, you know, the film's going to be pretty well acted. Also on the front in massive letters as a selling point is a twisted fairy tale from the producer of Twilight. I don't know what a producer does, so I had to Google it. But apparently they're in charge of overseeing film production, uh, including supervising pre-production production itself and post-production uh, and they like hire the director and key crew and make creative decisions during the production while trying to keep it on time and within budget. I'm not entirely sure how that's meant to be a stunning point of a movie because that's kind of one step away from being like from the people who supplied filming equipment to who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. It, it just, it's just kind of like a weird thing like director I get you know writer I get because those people have like quite a lot to do with the film but it seems that this is more of like a behind the scenes organizational kind of role maybe I'm wrong I, I don't know a huge amount about how films are made but it's a bit, a bit strange also this film came out in 2015 which is quite a while after the first Twilight movie came out so again a kind of a, a weird choice to invoke the name of Twilight sometime after that movie had already you know come out and isn't really seen as being like a great movie like critically speaking uh it was popular though so there you go i guess that's just how they decided to advertise the film um now it's a certificate 18 and here is the blurb from the back of the box which i was quite excited to read 
Um, and it did seem quite promising. So here we go. A young couple have been experimenting with a new drug called Black Forest. The sensation it induces is unique and potent. So Ashton heads out to score some more. The supplier is Agnes, a seemingly harmless old lady who grows the weed out of a basement in her cottage. But Agnes has a dark secret, one she has kept hidden for many years. She's an evil and twisted black witch, capitalised for some reason. Desperate to regain her long-lost beauty by any means possible, with her new drug she casts a spell over hapless teenagers so she can extract their souls to reverse the alien process. When Ashton doesn't return, his girlfriend sets off to the old lady's cottage, unaware of the despicable horrors that await them. So, I was expecting this to be kind of like a teen horror movie, nudity, gore, that sort of thing. But I was intrigued by the production values and the, the actors I had heard of and thought this would be a pretty safe bet. And it kind of is, but it's also kind of a weed comedy and also kind of a horror comedy and also kind of just a weird slasher film. So it's a little bit muddled, but we're going to get into the plot real quick. Uh, the trigger warnings in this one basically are just some sexual assault uh, implications from certain scenes and also use of corporal punishment slash edging into child abuse. Um, none, neither of which is like explicitly in the film. Like there's nothing like too out there, but I thought I'd mention it just in case. Editing Sarah jumping in again to say, obviously there's also drug use. Recording Sarah, what were you thinking not saying that? But yes, there is drug use in this weed comedy. Plus points if you can guess which drug. Now, I was a little bit alarmed when I turned the DVD on and it went straight to the menu. No trailers. Um, but there's like a menu screen and it's like playing kind of a montage of just like bits from the movie that are like gory or weird or creepy. Um, and one of them is this guy who's like passing out on a sofa but not passing out so quickly that he can't remove his baseball cap in the process, which was odd. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of waiting for that to pop up in the film. It does happen quite quickly. Uh, so this film has kind of an, an issue with actually telling new characters' names, but I've gone back and filled it in because one person was referred to as Manny's girlfriend for like the entire movie. Uh, and then I found out her name at the end. So... I'm just going to fill the names in as we go. Uh, so first off, we see a guy in a blue uniform. I thought he was a delivery man. He's actually from the electric company. He looks at like an electric meter outside of what is not a cottage, but like, I guess maybe the American equivalent of a cottage. Um, and he says that she's using like over a thousand kilowatts an hour, uh, which is excessive. And he's going to report this. I don't know why. Uh, then there's a cat scare because horror movie uh and he looks through the window into like i guess the basement uh, to find that there is a grow room down there with marijuana being very obviously grown he then sticks his hand through like a hole or an open window unclear to take a photo of it on his phone and is then like grabbed and pulled inside and fairly certain there's a wilhelm scream so this opening sequence broadly what you can expect from the movie it's kind of a little bit odd. There's some sort of stuff that you're like, but why is that happening? And then weird semi-intentional comedy. We then get a super long credit sequence, which is just like images of bongs and weed and pipes, while music plays over the top of it, which is essentially just a rap, which might as well just be like, 420, Mary Jane. Weed is cool. I'm going to get high right now. Do you want to get high? Let's get high. That those are basically the only lyrics. It's not a great song. The one on the like end credits is actually better. I would have switched those around. 
but there we go. Uh, this goes on for quite a long time, uh, and then we actually get like in, into the movie. We see a girl and a guy who are Ashton, the guy who's going to go missing, and his girlfriend Gretel. There's a lot of fairy tale names in this, uh, but that they're getting high in her room uh, on Black Forest, which they keep referring to throughout the movie as Black Forest High, which sounds worse. Don't say that. Um, but he like give, gives it to her and she's just like oh wow this is so smooth and amazing and she's doing like weird hand motions in the air and I thought she was taking the piss and was just gonna be like come on guy I've had weed before but no she's acting like this is her first time dropping ecstasy or LSD or something um, and later on like a couple of minutes later they're just lying on the bed watching music like they can see the notes and stuff in the air and I'm like I've, I've had weed this this is not that okay then this is meant to be like special magic weed so maybe that's the reason but whatever her brother Hansel comes home and opens a letter from his parents that just says like we've gone to visit the Stiltskins look after Gretel and then we never see their parents so I guess that that letter is just reasons why their parents aren't there so Hansel and Gretel are alone y'all um Hansel then comes across them in her uh, in his sister's bedroom doesn't really seem concerned that his sister's like doing drugs in the middle of the day with a guy called Ashton uh, but kind of mocks them describes Black Forest Gatto enough that they want some because they now have the munchies and they decide instead to make gingerbread men from a mix and Ashton goes out to buy more marijuana for some reason uh, so he disappears for a little bit he says that the guy he buys it from buys it from this cute old lady who, who grows her own so he's, he's gone to see her anywho when he arrives at the house a lady with kind of the worst old person fake makeup i've ever seen it kind of looks like a drag queen doing like an old lady best thing i can explain to it kind of oscillates I, I i couldn't work out if it was like changing scene by scene because obviously the witch is getting younger throughout the movie but also like even before she's sucked out anyone's essence it seems to change and sometimes it looks quite good and sometimes not. And I couldn't work out if it was because of the lighting. But right here it looks terrible. I think maybe once she's taken off the weird like Rainmate headscarf, it, it looks slightly better. But um, it, it's touch and go. Uh, she offers him some weed and they smoke a little bit together. And he's like, speaking of which, and she's like, which? And I was like, oh dear, puns. Is that even a pun? It's, it's just people saying things. But uh, she then goes to get some sardines because he still has the munchies and apparently sardines are like the best thing to eat when you're high. She tells him not to touch the giant gingerbread house. So as soon as she leaves the room, he makes a beeline for this gingerbread house, which does look very nice, I will admit. He snaps off like a five inch square piece of the roof. Like she's going to notice that and then starts to nibble on it. But inside the roof, he then finds what I think is a Nazi passport. Because it had a swastika on the front, it was all in German, it was passport-sized, and it had a picture. If it was meant to be something else, I can't read German, so I don't know, like, what it is meant to be. But let's just say, like, a Nazi government-issued passport. And then underneath it, a bunch of, like, ID cards suggesting that she's taken these from maybe people that she's killed. Because she is meant to be from Germany, hence the, the Black Forest reference. It's just weird, like, why would you keep those things in a gingerbread house? Nothing ever comes of this because he instantly starts feeling dizzy and then goes over to the couch to pass out, but while carefully removing his hat, because I guess that would be slightly uncomfortable if you had to lie down on it. Um, she then comes back in uh, and he wakes up, having moved to a secondary location, 
with like a strap on his head like he's tied down on a table and he wakes up and she's buttering him which is kind of funny like what i will say about this movie is that there was a gentle undercurrent of amusement as i was watching it like i was not having gut busting belly laughs but i was for the most part just gently amused by the antics for example she like has this brush covered in butter and she's just like brushing him and then she puts it in his like belly button and goes like and that tickled me a little bit she then also butters his nipples because i don't know i guess those would burn if they weren't appropriately buttered but he assumes that he's been kidnapped because she's horny which i mean she is buttering you kind of a hint there that you are going to get eaten but i mean there you go he then offers graciously to let her give him a blowjob but he doesn't want to watch and she's like oh okay sure and then stabs out one of his eyes with a fork and eats it which was again kind of gently amusing uh the gore and like physical effects that they've done are quite good there's only like one instance i think of like cgi where it kind of lets the movie down but for the most part this all looks quite good the production values in general are quite good it's shot really well everything seems quite colorful like just from like the sets and like the outfits people are wearing so it's not like boring to look at it it looks pretty good we then get some cuts between like hansel and gretel just like talking at home and eating gingerbread men and like ashton's not back yet maybe he just got high again and, and forgot to come over ashton might have a problem but they're just chatting and then we get to cut back to the witch who is aggressively seasoning ashton and uh, who then cuts off his leg with a circular saw, roasts it, uh, and then picks at it while feeding oddments to her dog. So, um, commitment to the bit. Like, we don't just see the, the one scene of her eating an eyeball. We, we do see her cooking various parts of him. Uh, the next day, Gretel goes looking for Ash because he never came back. She's taunted by some really rude, like, children on bicycles. And then runs into Manny and Manny's girlfriend, whose name is Bianca. But I swear they don't introduce her until like 20 minutes before the end of the movie. Um, he's kind of making out with Bianca and eating Skittles because they're both high. But he does give Gretel Agnes's address so she can go in and ask her if she's seen Ashton. She gets Hansel to take her over there. The witch is kind of cagey. She doesn't really want to talk about it. She's just like, oh no, I haven't seen him. But then Gretel mentions getting the police involved and so she invites her in. We then get a cut to this guy who I thought was going to be important but then never was and I couldn't work out if that was like an intentional red herring type thing or if it was just kind of dumb but his name is Norm Woodman like the woodsman and he works at the electric company um, and he's trying to find this guy who's gone missing because the police have just reported his van being abandoned so we get that little cut to Norm and then back to Hansel and Gretel. Uh, the witch tries to give her some poison tea, which Gretel just won't drink. The teas. And eventually Hansel busts in and is like, oh, okay, we should go. And then him and Gretel leave. Uh, and then the witch goes downstairs to absorb Ash's essence or soul, whatever you want to call it, so that she can get slightly younger and he can be dead now. So we will see parts of him later. Gretel then calls the cops. Uh, and two cops arrive and they don't really seem in a hurry to look for Ash because they're only really interested in talking about the drugs and in trying to like get Gretel to admit that she's bought marijuana and that sort of thing and they're not really worried about someone with a rap sheet for possession like going missing for a bit. This I totally bought. This seemed the level of disinterest 
and just general toxic attitude, which I have seen in many a news article relating to American cops. Uh, the cops leave without being helpful, as expected, and uh, Gretel is really upset by this. The female cop does seem just like teeny bit more sympathetic than her partner but um they do nothing <laughs> meanwhile we cut back to the witch just mincing uh ash's dick down into a fine paste that's officially the last we see of ash uh, we see like kids continuing to get high um and they are then cornered by a guy called carlos and his two bodyguards carlos is like the main drug supplier for this area he's annoyed that someone else is selling stuff on his patch he takes the drugs from these two kids and goes to confront Manny, um, that Manny has been, like, selling this stuff when he should be selling Carlos's weed. He then tells Manny to go and threaten Agnes, that she needs to work for Carlos now, and Manny goes straight around to Agnes's house to be confronted by slightly younger Agnes, um, and he's, he does seem upset and worried, and he doesn't want her to get hurt, and he also doesn't want to get hurt, so I, I feel a bit bad for Manny, but she offers him a cookie and says that she's going to need his help. She then tanks his phone, and uses it to text Carlos, and she calls him the F-slur, which, like, call him something else. Call him, like, anything else, but why Why are we using the homophobic slurs now? It's weird, but she, she texts him, and then she decapitates Manny, essentially. Like, she, she slits his throat pretty deep. Um, I don't know why this makes him go cross-eyed, but it does. Uh, Gretel then goes around putting up mixing posters for her boyfriend like he's a golden retriever. <laughs> and uh, I've never seen this done for someone who isn't a child it's just strange but um, she's still very suspicious of Agnes and uh, for some reason her brother isn't despite the fact that they both met Agnes and Agnes is weird as fuck uh, Carlos then gets the text and for a second it looks like he's about to cry like he doesn't seem angry when he reads it just disappointed and I'm with him but he rounds up his two bodyguards and they go to her house she's now younger again I guess because she sucked up all uh, Manny's essence. That sounds gross. She ate his soul. That sounds better. Anyway, um, but he then gives like Agnes a terrible fake slap and forces her at gunpoint to take them to her grow room, which is like this massive space in the basement, which is bigger than it has any business being because of magic, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, she says that she uses a special fertilizer for it, which it's never confirmed that this is people, but... I'm going to say it's people. And then she has her dogs attack the three of them and they all split up. She stabs Carlos with a tap and drains his blood. I guess that's cool. And then another guy like runs through the house and has a fight with zombified Manny before pushing him off of a roof. And he then gets stabbed in both ears with what looked like pencils. I don't know what else they could have been uh, by the witch who then just says that all magic has a price. And I don't know why she's telling this guy with pencils in his brain that because... He's not going to remember, and he's also dead, so whatever. Nothing comes with this whole magic as a price thing. It's never mentioned again. The other guard, who we cut back to after, like, a stupidly long time, like, I thought he'd been killed in a part of the movie that I missed because I was writing notes, but it turns out, I guess, during the whole zombie fight scene, he was just running through a field of marijuana. And he gets chased by a dog and locks himself in a cage. Smart man. Uh, the witch then taunts him and then leaves him in the cage for a bit. It's, it's quite spacious, he'll be fine. We then cut back to Norm, the electric company guy, who is told by his colleague uh, about uh, someone who's selling, like, marijuana out of a house, which is the same house with the unusual power usage. So he's going to go around there to investigate. Now, he's told about this by 
a woman who he works with who comes in and says my son came home high last night and after we'd finished discussing it and then it just cuts to her slapping him a bunch and it's like this is just child abuse playing for lols kind of made me stumble in the movie because it had been kind of like gently amusing and i feel like if it had cut to something else the joke would have still worked like just them like yelling or having an argument or something but um yeah i wasn't sure about that gretel then in the absence of literally anyone else to help her ropes manny's girlfriend bianca into helping her check out agnes's house because somehow she's gone from being suspicious to dead certain that agnes is responsible uh, despite not having visited her again um bianca i will say is kind of a cliche uh, and I would guess kind of a, a racial stereotype. You know, she's got the big gold hoop earrings. She is described as like dating older guys because they buy her cool stuff. She knows how to break and enter. She's done it quite a bit. She has a cousin called Rosa who does hair and a cousin called Rosa who's in jail. Um, she does palm reading. Like there's a lot of cliche bricks in this wall is what I'm going to weirdly say. But between her and Gretel, like the other main character of the movie, I found Gretel kind of insubstantial and wispy, and she seemed kind of doing this whole like little baby girl thing where she had like big eyes and was constantly like, oh no, we're all gonna get eaten by witches. So Bianca was kind of a breath of fresh air because she was acting like an adult, uh, and so she quickly became my favourite character. Anyway, they go to break into this old lady's house, and Bianca stays around the front to distract her while Gretel goes in through the back. Uh, Gretel quickly finds some witch stuff in jars, some bloody clothing, and uh, then a guy in a cage. So, pretty open and shut case of something weird going down. We keep coming back to Bianca and the witch, and they've smoked up at this, like, uh, coffee table in the house. And the witch seems to be coming on to Bianca. Like, Bianca, like, opens her shirt a bit and, like, flashes off her bra and is telling stories about, like, shoplifting and stuff because cliches um but yeah the witch seems into it and i really wasn't sure what to make of this scene but there we go uh agnes then starts uh sucking bianca's finger and i thought this was going to be like a moment where she was going to be like oh you taste really nice and then like bite her finger off or something but she doesn't uh gretel then goes looking for keys to the cage because after finding the guy in the cage he tells her that she needs keys which he could have told her while they were yelling to each other across the room but I don't know. He's just not very helpful for a man in a cage. Uh, but she's left a trail of Skittles so she can get back to him. And also because I guess she's Gretel and maybe Skittles sponsored this movie. I'm not sure. Gretel then accidentally makes some noise. I, I think she screams because she finds Manny's head in the bin. Which, yeah, I mean, I feel you probably would scream. The girlfriend then attacks the witch and believes she's killed her. But I think we all know better because there's like 40 minutes left of this movie um she then runs downstairs to be confronted by gretel and, and manny's still alive head that's in the bin going <laughs> so she understandably freaks out and then the, the witch comes to get them assisted by carlos who is now also a zombie hansel then gets an email that gretel sent a while ago saying like i'm gonna go check out that weird old lady's house because you're a terrible brother and he's like i am a terrible brother i'm gonna get in my car and go over there so he's on his way now the electric company guy is apparently also on his way but no one's in a hurry to arrive at the house while running around through the marijuana plantation uh, bianca falls down notices a skittle on the floor and just decides to start eating the skittle trail because she loves skittles so much and is apparently stupid but there we go she's then attacked by fog 
um, and I, I guess carried off somewhere. And then we cut to the two cops who have just received a missing persons alert for Ash, like the original missing boy. But from who? Like, did he have parents? And if so, why didn't Griffith speak to them? But um, they're going to go check out that old lady's house because now they have to follow a lead. But first, donuts. Am I right, cops? Like, literally, they are at a donut place and they don't leave right away. I guess eventually they will also be on their way to the house. Gretel and Bianca then wake up in a cage with the guy who lives in the cage. He has a name, I just don't know it. Um, the witch then sucks out cage guy's youth, so I now no longer need to know his name because he is dead. Um, Hansel then arrives and she invites him in for tea. He snaps a picture of her on his digital camera. He's been snapping pictures this whole movie and I didn't mention it because who cares. Uh, and he says it's because she's so beautiful, which is weirdly out of character for him because he's being kind of sarcastic and um, a bit too cool for school this whole movie. But there we go. He then looks down at the camera and she's like old and bloody and scary in the picture, which is kind of cliche, but I guess it works. She then telekinesis the camera over to her, which looks terrible. And I'm glad that this is like the one time we see that happen. Um, and then he is attacked by Carlos. He fights Carlos and then cuts his head in half with a small shovel, which also looks cool. Like you get to see like the bottom half of his jaw and his tongue still moving around. That looks pretty sweet. Now, this is the part where I did my only like actual lol of the movie, but it was more of a titter than an actual lol. But titter out loud doesn't sound great, but hear me out. Because obviously the witch, she's been dealing with people. She's had to deal with like Bianca coming to the door and then Hansel coming to the door. And then the door goes again, just as Hansel's like um, cut Carlos's head in half and then she's knocked him out with a vase. And she's just like, oh my God, who the fuck is this? She opens the door and the two cops are there and she just shoots both of them and shuts the door. <laughs> and it just made me laugh because it was kind of a real change of pace from her just inviting people in for poison tea and her just going, you know what? Glack, glack, motherfuckers. So um, she shot both of them. And I, th I thought that was pretty funny. Um, meanwhile, downstairs, Bianca and Gretel decide to adopt uh, an approach used last by Odysseus. <laughs> because Gretel's like, maybe this dog is like Cerberus and we can sing him to sleep. And I'm like, that's pretty weak, but I don't know, try it. You might have wanted to maybe try feeding him chunks of the dead guy. That would, might have been my first instinct before singing. But... I guess because I was still in a good mood from that earlier, like, giggle at the, the murders. But, um, when she was like, oh, let's sing. And Bianca's like, oh, yeah. And then starts to rap. I found that quite funny. Obviously, it's still fitting into that kind of cliche. But it was kind of amusing that when asked to try and sing a dog to sleep, Bianca was just like, let me freestyle rap. So I giggled. But they, they, they sing this dog. And although it doesn't go to sleep, it does lie down. So I guess it's out of play now. And they decide to let themselves out of the cage with the keys that they still have for some reason. Meanwhile, Hansel wakes up and is being buttered. Um, this kind of annoyed me, like, this whole section, because I feel like everyone else knows what kind of movie they're in. They're in a stupid movie. It's kind of dumb. It's kind of funny. It's got kind of gory elements in. This is a movie that, ironically, you would watch when stoned or when a little bit drunk. If it comes up on, like, the sci-fi channel at, like, four o'clock in the morning. But during this whole, like, being buttered to be eaten by a witch scene, the guy playing Hansel is, like, way too upset. He's, like, screaming. There's, like, cords standing out in his neck. He's, like, really bucking to get off this trolley. And it's, like, he's acting like this is serious and, like, this is real. And, like, he's maybe in, like, a film, like, Hostel or in a particularly gruesome episode of Criminal Minds. 
Whereas Ashton, when he was like tied to the table, he was still kind of screaming and like obviously upset that his eye was being stabbed out with a fork. But it was kind of that kind of comedy horror level of screaming where everyone is still kind of aware that it's a little bit ridiculous and they're not struggling to such an extent and screaming in such a way as to upset the audience with something disturbing. But Hansel's not doing that. He he just he seems to have just decided to play this straight, which is a choice. But anywho, he bucks the table around, knocks over what I'm going to call a hibachi grill, although it couldn't possibly have been, and sets fire to a small pile of paper in the corner. So the house is now on fire. Oh no. The witch then unfortunately kills Bianca uh, by ripping her heart out from the back, which I think is quite difficult to do, but okay. She then climbs on top of Hansel, where he's like still tied to a table, and attempts to suck his essence out. But then Gretel pushes the gurney, and the witch kind of forward rolls off of him into the giant crematorium oven, which she has because this place used to be a funeral home. That's literally the reason. And she goes in the fire and is like, ah, now I'm on fire. And then Gretel and Hansel escape. It's at this point far too late, and you know, after all the action, that Mr. Woodsman arrives. And I kind of thought, like, oh, maybe he was going to be, like, some sort of witch hunter or do something uh, to deserve his name. But he doesn't. He kind of idles up to this ambulance where the two cops are being treated because they're not actually dead because they were wearing bulletproof vests. It's okay, guys. The cops live. But he's like, are they going to be okay? And one of the paramedics is just like, oh, yeah, thank God for Kevlar. And then the guy goes, oh, yeah, that's true. And I was like, what is this dialogue? Was someone half asleep when they wrote this? There we go. Uh, Hansel and Gretel are, you know, doing the bit with, like, wearing blankets around their shoulders going, oh, thank God we survived and we still have each other. Because the real family was the family we discovered in the witch's basement. Or something like that. And then Norm, the power company guy, sees a cat, a black cat on the ground wearing the witch's necklace. And for some reason decides that it's a stray, which is weird. Like, if it was a dog, yes, dogs are usually out with people, but cats go out on their own all the time. They're strong, independent felines who don't need no man. But he picks up this cat and is like, you're coming home with me, and then puts it in the car. And I was like, okay, so he's going to drive away with the cat, and that's going to be the end of the movie. No, the car starts to shake violently back and forth, and then the witch leans out of the window to adjust the mirror and drives off. So, in the midst of all this, like, police hubbub and brouhaha, and Hullabaloo, I can't think of any more words for that, but you know, she's just killed someone in this violently shaking van, and like, no one has seen what has happened. I mean, I get that it's a comedy horror, but still logic. Uh, and then she drives off, and that's the end of the movie. Now, maybe it's just because I'm fresh off of Witches of Amityville, and my bar has been lowered drastically. But I thought this was an okay movie. It's not trying to be serious, which was my worry when I saw the front cover, and like it's all shadowy and looks quite intense it's basically just kind of like a funny movie about stoners and there's some gory parts and some funny parts and some kind of racist parts and it's just meant to be one of those movies that you watch with a bunch of friends and lightly take the piss of uh, it kind of reminded me of like freddy versus jason it's not like a real horror movie it just has horror bits in it and some funny parts and it's kind of crappy. You're going to watch it once, but it's okay. Like the actual production value is like the, the money gone into it is pretty decent. Everywhere doesn't look like an Airbnb. It looks like they actually, you know, found locations and costumes and hired actors with money. 
which is excellent. And the direction is really good, like all the scenes are set up and shot in a way that makes sense. And I like the amount of colour and stuff, it's not like too gritty or too weird. It does seem to have been sponsored by Skills, which I'm not mad about. Um, and as for the acting, aside from like Hansel's like weird panic attack while being tied to that buttery table, everyone else is doing a pretty good job. Uh, but one issue I had was that uh, Laura Flynn Boyle, when playing the witch, did have a tendency to kind of mumble some of her lines, so I couldn't really understand what she was saying sometimes. But most of the time she was just kind of fun to watch. Like, I got the impression she was kind of having a, a good time. Like, the witch is just kind of casually fun and, and evil, which is what I look for in, like, a movie witch. Because you're kind of watching this to, to kind of cheer the villain on a little bit because the characters in the movie are just kind of stupid teenagers. Would I watch it again? Maybe if I was watching it with, like, friends or something, but it's not one that I would put on to, to just enjoy it by myself. I think this is one of those ones that is better enjoyed with other people. And maybe some beers. And maybe some marijuana, fellow kids. <laughs> anyway, if you have, like, any other films that you'd like to recommend, I do have a couple of, of new ones coming that I just happened to come across recently. Um, let me know if there's anything you'd like me to give a watch to. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye!